the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, what's going on, everybody? Another Alcatulo Craft Beer cast on AM 970, The Answer. Great show for you tonight, and a craft beer guest that's going to be joining me later this hour. But first, uh, how can you follow me after we do our little news and notes as well here in the first couple of segments? We're also going to be recapping the Great American Beer Festival that took place about over a week ago. Uh, in Colorado. But how can you follow me? Very easy. On Twitter, at Al Gattulo. Instagram, at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at albertg at nycradio.com. And don't forget, iTunes and Google Play. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, and you can download and listen to the shows on those two platforms. We're also Alexa ready. All you have to do is say to your Alexa, Alexa, I want to hear the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast. Uh, on AM 970, The Answer, and you will get to listen to the show uh, via Alexa. So my guest tonight on the Craft Beer Cast, Mark Edelson. He is the co-founder of Iron Hill Brewery and Restaurant, a place that's been open since 1996. Uh, the brewery has won a number of awards at the Great American Beer Festival, and as I just mentioned a few moments ago, we will be recapping uh, the Great American Beer Festival. Uh, what I want to focus on um, later in the program, we're actually going to do that in lieu of our Suds and Duds segment this week. We'll recap uh, the Great American Beer Festival, the big winners, uh, but also locally. Uh, three breweries in New Jersey meddled. Uh, a couple in New York State also meddled. Uh, but there were a number of areas that didn't. Some people were upset that um, Connecticut didn't place at all. Um, the winner of the Hazy IPA, the New England-style Hazy IPA that everybody here on the East Coast seems to be making, was not won by a brewery on the East Coast. Interesting stuff. So we'll get into that uh, during our what is normally our Suds and Duds segment. We'll get into that uh, in the final segment of the program, uh, the winners locally uh, and why, um, you know, some p- people didn't meddle. Uh, you know, again, I don't want to get into it now because I want to get into it in that segment later on. The Great American Beer Festival is, is an enormous event. Um, last week, uh, an unfunny comedian, as I mentioned on the program, uh, who's... I mean, I'll give his name. I really don't care. I don't find the guy funny. I've never found him funny. Jim Gafkin. Um, I- I've never really found him particularly funny. Uh, ripped craft beer. Uh, how he wants his beer to taste like beer. You know, that hurts small business people. I mentioned it on the show last week. I'm going to keep mentioning it because craft beer is small business. Um, but I do think the Great American Beer Festival has become an enormous event that some people may think is not, I don't want to say past its time, but you wonder now um, if the event has become blasé or passé, not blasé, passé, right? We'll have to get into that a little bit later on. That's that's definitely something uh, that, you, you know, that maybe we want to think about a little bit. There are so many festivals that are going on, so many different things that are happening. Can't go to every one of them. You know, the Great American Beer Festival happens to be a bucket list item for me. 
but if I don't ever get to it, it's not gonna it's not gonna kill me. You know what I'm saying? There's so many other things that are going on that um, it's almost impossible to do all of these different things uh, at once. There's other stuff that I would really like to go to that I've heard great things about, but we'll see uh, as time goes on. Now. Let's get into some news and notes here. Ecliptic Brewing, and we'll, and we'll also mention something about small business later on here in our news and notes segment. So uh, Ecliptic Brewing, uh, their Phaser Hazy IPA is back due to high demand from the public. They had released it as a seasonal beer last winter, but Phaser fans are now going to be able to find the beer in limited runs throughout the year. Uh, their sales manager, Aaron Gray Kemplin, said the, de- the decision to brew this beer regularly was an easy one. Uh, in my time here at Ecliptic, I've never been asked more uh, for a beer's comeback than Phaser Hazy IPA. It'll be available in both draft and six-pack cans uh, throughout Ecliptic's uh, distribution network. Their distribution network is mainly the Pacific Northwest. So if you're not in the Oregon, Seattle, uh, Washington area, uh, you're not going to be able to find it. There's a couple other places, I think Colorado, a couple other places out west but it has not uh, come east. So if you're looking for the Phaser Hazy IPA, it is definitely coming back uh, from Ecliptic Brewing. Mother Earth Brewing uh, has announced that they have a distribution partnership with Central Pennsylvania's largest wholesale source for domestic craft, uh, Westie's Beer Distributor. Kevin Hopkins, the vice president from uh, Mother Earth, says uh, we couldn't be happier about forging a partnership with a company that shares our family-owned principles and commitment to quality and an outstanding customer experience. Westie's Beer positions us to really make an impact in an ever-growing indie craft market like we have in central Pennsylvania. So they'll be distributing their cans uh, now at major groceries, beer distributors, independent liquor stores, as well as restaurants, bars, and all establishments uh, carrying a craft beer as well. Uh, the beer distributed and sold throughout the region will be brewed at Mother Earth's a large production brewery located in Nampa, Idaho, and delivered cold, fresh, and ready to be enjoyed. That is the press release from the good folks at Mother Earth. If you haven't tried Mother Earth, they were in New Jersey. They're uh, really good beer. Nice IPA, um, you know, bitter and kind of that West Coast uh, IPA that I like so much. So definitely something to check out. Now, speaking of the Great American Beer Festival, obviously uh, Boston Beer, Samuel Adams, has a big presence at the Great American Beer Festival. And um, Jim Cook, the uh, founder, uh, they have an annual uh, breakfast at the Great American Beer Festival that Boston Beer uh, sponsors, puts on. And Jim Cook unveiled at that breakfast a new series of Samuel Adams ads and announced a new grant program that will give $1 million to early-stage food and beverage companies. So Cook says the new uh, folksy ads highlight hop selection in Germany for Samuel Adams' flagship Boston Lager, focuses on craftsmanship and artisanal values, but the ads end with the tagline, Brewed Inefficiently Since 1984. Cook says the new ads show the freedom uh, independent craft breweries such as Boston Beer Company, which is publicly traded, possess. They also help distinguish craft brewers from big industrial brewers. All of this information, of course, courtesy of the great website Brewbound. And he said uh, during this breakfast, you're not a slave to the bottom line. You can brew beer in a woefully or gloriously inefficient way that distinguishes craft brewers from big industrial brews. So um, Cook also... Uh, piggybacking on what Founders Brewer, co-founder, and CEO Mike Stevens has said in the past, Cook says craft brewers should be going after the 85% of the beer market, beer consumers who don't drink craft beer. Cook says those consumers are up for grabs. He's right about that. There are a lot of people who will drink a Bud, a Coors Light, or maybe even a Sam Adams, because you see a lot of Sam Adams on tap at places. But 
they're never a lot of them don't necessarily gravitate to another beer. You know, I like my Budweiser. I like my Coors Light. I'm not going to try something new. Sometimes it's okay to get out of your comfort zone. And again, I've said this before. I've said this a million times. Tell me a style of beer that you like or a taste that you like, and I'll find you a craft beer that will fit that palate. I I think this is a good thing. And so Cook says, he says, to me, that's necessary for the whole category in, 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 in his remarks about going after the other 85% that don't drink craft beer. We should all be trying to make beer interesting, exciting, engaging, because today the sea of sameness can be boring to consumers. I'll never forget when my dad said, Jim, all beer is good, but some beer is better. So they're going to be doing digital campaign, radio ads, TV ads. They're investing serious money. I think Jim Cook has hit the nail on the head here. You can, you can make great beer and nobody ever tastes it, and you're out of business. The point is, get that beer in somebody's hands that you may convert them into a customer. 85% of the marketplace, now I don't know if he's referring to the United States or worldwide, but 85% of the marketplace doesn't drink craft beer. Only 15% does, according to him. Again, the numbers could be skewed, I don't know, but let's let's assume it's 75% don't drink craft beer. Let's assume it's 50%. That is still an enormous amount of people that are potential customers. And you better be good because there are a lot of businesses that make beer that aren't that good. And I'm not saying you got to hit it on the par- out of the park the moment you, you make your beer, but, boy, it better be good that people are talking about it and saying, eh, you know, if you tweak this or tweak that, uh, it'll be a better beer. Not, oh, this beer doesn't really taste that good. That uh, is a big problem. So, uh, Sam Adams has said, uh, Jim Cook has said they're going to continue to spend uh, on uh, on advertising. They're going to increase their advertising budget, promotions, selling expenses. They're going to be pouring a lot of money uh, into ad campaigns. They um, they, they really want to get the message out there. That Now, additionally, Cook announced Boston Beer is committed to giving a million dollars in grants to small businesses in the food and beverage space in need of seed money that can't necessarily qualify for loans. As Cook said to Brewbound, some of them are promising, so we said let's take a million dollars, see if we can create 100 successful small food and beverage businesses in the artisanal space. They create jobs and economic development just like craft beer does. Again, craft beer, not only because the beer tastes good, it creates jobs. Jobs, jobs, jobs. We've seen the economy go up. We see more jobs being created. We see businesses coming back to America. That is, to me, again, the lifeblood of America. That's the bottom line, is small business. When you're supporting small business, you're supporting people who have, you know, who are putting food on their table for their families, paying their employees. You're helping out small business. That, to me, is the most important thing. Now, Cook also added the new grant program is going to build upon Boston Beer's Brewing, uh, the American Dream program. That They've already given millions of dollars in small business loans to food and beverage companies over the last two decades. Uh, they have, you know, Jim has done a really good job at supporting these smaller craft brewers. You know, you can say what you want about Jim Cook, that people think that, you know, some people think in the craft beer business he's a blowhard, he's this, he's that, or whatever. The guy cares. He's helped p- put people on the map, and he's helped people to make beer and, and succeed in their business. And you know what? He gives back, which is the most important. To me, is is incredibly important. We're going to talk more about the Great American Beer Festival later on in our Suds and Duds segment. We're not going to do Suds and Duds this week. We'll talk about the Great American Beer Festival. But when we come back, more news and notes here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. 
Dennis Prager says the Kavanaugh accusers are on an obvious political setup. That after 36 years, we learn about something that allegedly happened in high school, just as he is about to be confirmed. And that is not obvious to everybody, whether you believe it or not. You don't you don't see this as entirely politically inspired. Then there's nothing to be said because it is so obvious. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at 1, right before Michael Medved at 3 on AM 970. The Answer. Empire State Bank knows what it takes to run a business and the importance of your time. Empire State Bank specializes in small to mid-sized business loans and will be happy to have one of their experienced business relationship managers come to your office, home, or work site so you won't be inconvenienced and all your records are at your fingertips. Empire State Bank understands business and your need to be engaged in it. Schedule an appointment with a business relationship manager at your location today. Call 833-393-7700. 833-393-7700. 7700 or visit esbna.com. You have many banking choices, but none that deliver the personal touch that you'll experience at Empire State Bank. Empire State Bank comes to you when it's convenient for you. They take your business personally. Remember, Empire State Bank comes to you when it's convenient for you. With locations in Staten Island, Brooklyn, and the Lower Hudson Valley. Call 833-393-7700. 833-393-7700 or visit esbna.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Hi, this is Bill Martinez. Join us as we talk with the experts about the latest news, politics, issues of faith, the culture, and entertainment. It's all about us. It's all about the truth wherever it leads. Bill Martinez live, Monday mornings at 12 a.m. on AM 970, The Answer. Don't miss Breakfast and Networking at the Salem Business Breakfast on October 11th at the Wanakue Academic Center. Join Joe Piscopo for a live broadcast and hear Steve Autobato's panel on building relationships featuring Mitchell Modell of Modell Sporting Goods. Get free tickets at am970theanswer.com. Balance of Nature's Fruits and Veggies in a Capsule. I feel wonderful. I mean, a while ago, I was walking and my whole left side went tingly. And I don't know what happened. I've had the after effects of that in, in my hands and my legs. And I've noticed that since I take the fruits and veggies, I don't have that anymore. So that is one thing that I am very, very pleased with. Because I don't feel any of that tingly sensation in my foot. It's like my nerves are getting healed or something. It's just wonderful. I love this. I'm very, very impressed with this product. For a limited time, use discount code THEANSWER to receive a 50% discount on your first preferred whole health system and have it shipped to you free. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go online to balanceofnature.com. Again, use discount code THEANSWER. AM 97, The Answer. the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Follow me on social media very easily on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo G-A-T-T. 
U-double-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at albertg at nycradio.com. iTunes and Google Play, just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. And, of course, we are also Alexa Ready. Uh, all you have to do is say to Alexa, Alexa, I want to hear uh, the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, and voila, you get to hear me. Uh, my guest on the uh, Craft Beer Cast tonight, Mark Edelson. He is the co-founder of Iron Hill Brewery and Restaurant. He's going to join me just about 10 minutes from now, and we'll get into uh, Iron Hill's, uh, you know, the restaurant, how it started, the brewery, and of course, uh, being out at the Great American Beer Festival, which we will talk later on. Uh, some of the local winners in New York and New Jersey who actually meddled. But um, it, it's funny, folks, uh, real quick, I, I had no idea what I was going to talk about this week in my second segment of the program. And unfortunately, the New Jersey Alcohol Beverage uh, Commission uh, came out with a new ruling uh, this week that hampers a lot of what New Jersey does in terms of business. Um, it will affect some breweries. It will not affect all breweries. Um, I could go into all the ins and outs of it, but you know we only have a limited time on this on this segment here. So we're definitely going to talk about this in the weeks to come because, in some ways, I think this is going to hurt the craft beer business in New Jersey, and in other ways, I think it's going to help some of the craft breweries in New Jersey. Um, so here's what happened: apparently, uh, the uh, Alcohol Beverage Commission um, has issued a special ruling. Uh, many of these uh, breweries. Uh, have been operating since 2012 when a lot of the laws in the state were relaxed. Um, there are 23 operations that have applications pending, but this is going to affect, obviously, their operations going forward. Um, there are a lot of craft breweries who feel that these rules now will severely hampen their business. Others feel this is a good thing. Um, David Ribble, uh, the director of the ABC, said in his new ruling that the regulations are an attempt to clear up confusion over what constitutes permissible activities that may take place on a licensed premise, particularly in the tasting rooms of the limited breweries, although it is clear that a tasting room at a limited brewery is not a new consumption venue with the same privileges as a Class C plenary retail consumption license. It is also evident that a brewery has limited retail privileges granted by the legislature. Some of the new regulations are the following. Breweries can now only hold 25 special events, such as paint and sip nights, Trivia nights, live televised sporting events, and live music nights. Breweries limited to 12 special permits a year to sell products off the brewery's premises, such as festivals, athletic events, and other civic events. This does not affect your distribution from a brewery. If they are self-distributing or they're connected with a distributor, that doesn't affect them. Breweries are limited to 52 private parties, birthdays, weddings, anniversaries a year, and they must electronically notify the ABC 10 days prior to holding the event. Now, what did the breweries get in return? The breweries gained the ability to sell items such as water, soda, prepackaged crackers, chips, nuts, and other similar snacks. However, the soda must be produced by the brewery themselves. The water, obviously not, but the soda has to be produced by the brewery. Uh, Customers can still bring in their their own food, but here's the change. The brewery can no longer have restaurant menus available or coordinate with other vendors such as food trucks, to provide food. Now, they're saying that this is a temporary restriction. These restrictions are temporary. It's a pilot basis. They're going to figure it out. Here's my take on the situation. And then I'm going to quote two owners of breweries that uh, one quoted it on Facebook. The other one messaged me privately and said I could quote them. Okay? Here's my take on it. Um, The 25 special events and the 12 special permits a year 
help only one segment of the breweries. That's the bigger breweries in the state of New Jersey. The Cartons, the Canes, the Cape Mays, the Cricket Hills, the Flying Fishes, the River Horses. That's who it helps. Does it help the small microbrewery? Absolutely not. It doesn't. However, there's a caveat here. If your business is to brew beer and you brew it well, people are going to come to your place of business and they're going to buy your beer. If you need to have a yoga night or a paint night or other types of nights to attract customers to drink your beer, then you're not then essentially in my opinion you're you're not a brewery, you're a bar, okay? Bars have to pay a lot of money for their licenses. But the advantage is they get to sell liquor. They get to sell food. The brewery does not. By the way, the brewery may only pay a certain amount for a license, which is far less than what somebody pays for a liquor license, but they have to spend the money to buy equipment to put in their brewery that can that can cost half a million, three-quarters of a million, a million dollars. And they get the, the appreciation value of those items decreases the moment they get them and put them in. It's like buying a car. When you buy a car brand new at $20,000, the moment you drive that car off the lot, that car is not worth twenty grand anymore. It depreciates in value. Same thing with breweries. A liquor license allows a restaurant a commodity. They can sell. Sometimes the liquor licenses are worth more than the business themselves. And these people hold them hostage, selling them from town to town, or they get grandfathered in or transferred. That's the difference, okay? Uh, I don't think that some of these breweries should have restrictions on the on the amount of events that they want to hold. This is clearly the restaurant uh, the restaurant unions or the group of people in the restaurants that want to suppress the smaller breweries that think that they're competing with them. They're not. Newsflash, folks. Here's the bottom line: If the brewery is making good beer and you have a restaurant in town and you're able to serve liquor. It makes sense, or, or tap beer, or canned beer, bottled beer, whatever. It makes sense for you to partner up with that local brewery. It's a win-win. Now, you're a Red Robin, an Applebee's, or somebody like that. I get it. You're putting, what, most of what you're putting in your restaurant is big beer. You know, the, the Coors and the Buds and the Budweiser's of the world. I get that. But if you want good, fresh, local beer to help support the local economy, obviously craft beer is the way to go. Okay? So let me read you. The the food issue too, real quick. The food issue is is not is is not really an issue for me. When I'm going to the brewery, I'm going to drink. I'm not going there to eat. However, the fact that they're not allowed to have menus in the place anymore, so that I could call the pizza place down the street to maybe order a pizza if I'm drinking, that's ridiculous. It's absurd. How is that hurting local business? It's all, you're only gaining local business. The the short sightedness of the New Jersey ABC is is absolutely. It's, it's completely moronic, all right? So now, let me read you two quotes from two different uh, owners of breweries, okay? Uh, Scott Wells from Bolero Snort texted me privately uh, earlier in the week, said I could quote him directly. This is a direct quote from Scott. Local consumers are showing an ever-growing thirst for well-made local beers. New Jersey is way behind the times in terms of regulation of the brewing industry, but we are also way behind the times of driving the industry forward by way of high-quality, well-made liquid. As long as we continue to improve our businesses by focusing on the product first, we will continue to grow as an industry thanks to the support we get from the direct consumers. The bars and retailers who continue to fight to restrict the growth of the industry would be better served partnering with the breweries so we can all grow and evolve together, which leaves our consumers with the best possible products. Completely agree with Scott. He's right. You make good beer, people will come. Colby Janish from 902 Brewing. 
This is a post that he uh, that he had on uh, on Facebook, and he said, you know, I can quote him on it. The twelve off premise events is a nice new perk, but the limiting of events is overreaching, stupid, short sighted, lobbyist dictated, and dangerous. Breweries sell beer from one company, their own, that they manufactured in their own building. Restaurants can buy that beer too. Breweries are not skirting liquor license laws to undercut bar restaurant businesses. Hell, they're also our customers. Breweries literally run a small novelty room where you can come to drink that brewery-specific beers. If you want a glass of wine, a cocktail, a cheeseburger, a nice plate of pasta, a slice of pizza, a Budweiser, go to a bar restaurant. How is a local brewery competing with a cheeseburger? That aside, we push food businesses to nearby restaurants, food trucks, deliveries, etc. I understand that the liquor license issues created in this state upset some people, but breweries' business should not be hurt because of bad laws made years ago. The director took a dangerous step in protecting an artificial asset controlled strictly by supply. New York State is thriving without issues, not because they brew differently, but because they have affordable and accessible liquor licenses. The director is not doing what's best for the general public, and frankly, I think it's the big restaurants that are losing businesses that are up in arms about it. A ton of our partner bars, restaurant partners, are doing an absolutely fantastic job. They're making great food, having a great local beer, wine, cocktail list, and throwing fun events. No brewery wants to ruin that for a restaurant. If you're a chain restaurant with bad food, bad beer, bad mixed drinks, etc., you need to take a long look in the mirror. It's not a nearby brewery that's ruining your business. Colby is spot on. The breweries are there for business. And, you know, we're running out of time in this segment. And, in fact, I know I want to mention about the uh, Great American Beer Festival and the local winners that won in our final segment of the program. But we're going to continue this with New Jersey here because I don't want to lose sight of this. Okay? Because there's a dichotomy here between two breweries that I want to map out for you. And we'll do that in the final segment of the program. But Colby's right. How is this hurting restaurants and bars? Please explain it to me from both ends. In fact, in the NewJersey.com article, real quick, uh, one of the people who, who is the president of the New Jersey Restaurant and Hospitality Association, she says this has been discussed and worked on for nine months. The breweries were at the table and we were at the table. This didn't occur in a vacuum or overnight, and this is something that we have all been collaborating on. According to a number of the breweries in the state of New Jersey, none of them were at the table. None of them were told about it. None of them had any chance to discuss this. It was done arbitrarily by one person or a group of people. That's not right. Okay? That's not right. And in the final segment of the program, I'm going to talk about where the politicians can get involved here and actually make it right, where you, as the consumer, can get involved to make it right. But to be honest with you, I think it's a gross over overstepping of the, the director of the New Jersey Athletic Beverage Control uh, Board. I think he's completely wrong. I think it's just... it's it's. It, Things need to change in New Jersey, and we've got only one segment to do it. But unfortunately, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about this later on at the show, uh, and we're gonna talk about this in the in the coming weeks because this is important, and this could hurt small business. And small business is the lifeblood of America. When we come back after a short break, Mark Edelson, the co-founder of Iron Hill Brewery and Restaurant, will join me, and that happens next on the Alcatulo Craft Beercast on AM nine seventy. The answer: News, opinion, passion. This is AM nine seventy. The answer. It's clear in 66 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. The NYPD is identifying the man who was found dead in the back of a car this morning. Police said a 26-year-old Darrell Whitfield's body was discovered in Queens. According to investigators, a person working at an auto parts store saw his body inside of a BMW that was parked out front of the shop. Whitfield had trauma to his head. Police are investigating. 
A Bronx man is under arrest, charged with a forcible touching incident involving a 12-year-old girl. Cops say the incident happened on September 26th around 5.30 on Jerome Avenue and West 193rd Street when the girl noticed someone following her from behind taking photos of her. He then grabbed her buttocks and ran. Police arrested 24-year-old Xavier Rodriguez of the Bronx this afternoon and charged him with sex abuse and forcible touching. One person is dead, another critically injured after fire tore through a home in Brooklyn. Officials say the unidentified male victim was taken to Brookdale Hospital, where he later died. A woman removed from the building is in critical condition at New York Cornell Hospital. The blaze broke out on the second floor around 1030 at 53 Hale Avenue. The cause of the fire is still under investigation. In sports, Mets beat the Marlins 1-zip. Yankees lost to the Red Sox 10-2. Giants lost. Jets lost. Traffic delays while at the inbound George on the upper level. We're looking at about a 10 to 15 minute wait. Lower level looks good. And um, Palisades Approach is in good shape as well. Lincoln Tunnel no longer any delays. And the Holland Tunnel inbound from either approach is problem-free. Now, if you're traveling in Newark, you've got a crash to deal with on 21 Southbound at South Street. So please use some caution. Weather for tonight, some clouds are expected, low 62 degrees. Mixture of clouds and sunshine for tomorrow. And then on Tuesday, we'll see partly to mostly cloudy skies, scattered showers, maybe even a thunderstorm in the afternoon, high near 80. You now know what's going on. I'm Amy Salerno and AIM 970, The Answer. If I say Mr. Italy, what comes to mind? To me and my family, Mr. Italy was, without a doubt, Mario Perillo. The Perillo family has been operating top-quality tours to Italy for over 74 years. They must be doing something right. Well, I say they're doing everything right. Carrying on the Perillo family tradition of excellence today is CEO Steve Perillo, making sure the business which carries his family name is nothing short of spectacular for each and every traveler. Consider the popular 14-day Italy North Classic Tour. Rome, Sorrento, Florence, Venice, and Milan. In one wonderful tour, you will see the heart of Italy and come home with memories that will last a lifetime. Maybe it's that special anniversary or a magical setting to renew your vows. That special person in your life deserves the best. Join Steve Perillo on a stress-free, escorted vacation where you don't lift a finger. Call for the Perillo 2019 Italy brochure at 888-PERILLO. That's 888-PERILLO, P-E-R-I-L-L-O, or 888-737-4556, or visit PerilloTours.com. For simply the best travel experience of your life, Perillo Tours. Tweet us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. AM 970. Theanswer.com. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, and of course via email at albertg at nycradio.com. Don't forget iTunes, Google Play, you just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to all of the Craft Beer Casts right from those two platforms. We're also on Amazon as well. Just tell your Alexa unit, Alexa, I want to hear the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, and bingo, you get to listen to the show. Now, my guest on the cast, he is the co-founder of Iron Hill Brewery and Restaurant. They started in 1996. They've got locations throughout Pennsylvania, Delaware, and New Jersey, and if I'm not mistaken, South Carolina as well. IronHillBrewery.com is the website for more information. Let me welcome in Mark Edelson to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Mark, welcome. 
Thank you, Al. Thanks for having me today. You got it. Now, Mark, first off, congratulations on your bronze medal win at the Great American Beer Festival for Aged Beer. Now, I'm going to mangle the name of the beer, so you help me with the pronunciation. Uh, Sol- Solzitsin, is that correct? Solzhenitsyn. 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 All right. So- which is, which is uh, it's an aged Russian. It's named after Alexander Solzhenitsyn. I figured who that. Who is the famous dissident writer. Yes. And and uh, and so, uh, so and yeah. so now, what does this beer? What does this beer taste like? Um, have you ever had Thomas Hardy Ale? Hmm. It's so it's kind of like that. So what 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 it is is it's it's a big um, malty beer okay. that has been aged, right? So what it does when it ages, it takes on notes, common sherry like uh, notes as it starts to age. So this will you know this is our Russian Imperial Stout, which is a which is an award-winning beer that we bottle age for a number of years. And it's interesting how it ages. It starts to really, you know, with the higher alcohols and a lot of the flavor, it really starts to mellow and and round out and start to have this really wonderful uh, plum and sherry-like character to it. So this is more of an after after dinner drinking beer, kind of a slow sipper by the fire, maybe having a cigar. You kind of just pour one of these and you kind of just Absolutely. sit back. Absolutely, nice, nice. Now let's stay it with the great- wonderful, wonderful. It's a wonderful cigar beer. <laughs> Perfect. Now, let's stay with the Great American Beer Festival for a moment. You've won awards for many of your beers there over the years. What do you attribute the success, that success to winning uh, so many awards over so many years? So, yes, we've won every year we've gone. So 22 straight years that we've gone to the Great American Festival. Uh, at least one of our locations has won one medal or more, and um, we're very proud of that. And, you know, I, I think uh, people ask me that all the time, and I think it really has to do with the uh, the passion of our brewers and the quality of the beer that they brew because consistently we're, we're judged as being high-quality products, and we win for some beers in multiple years, right? So that, that speaks to consistency of product as well, um, as well as innovation and, and uh, you know, development of these recipes that, that a lot of our brewers um, you know, put their heart and soul into to create. Talking with Mark Edelson, the co-founder of Iron Hill Brewery and Restaurant. Uh, IronHillBrewery.com is the website for more information. They have locations throughout Pennsylvania, Delaware, New Jersey, and in South Carolina as well. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Mark, you and your partners got your start uh, as home brewers, and you named your brewery Iron Hill. There's history in that name, Iron Hill, which goes back to the Revolutionary War. Why the name Iron Hill? Well, you know, we started the business, the three of us, uh, you know, a single brew pub. We, uh, one of my partners is in the restaurant business, and, and, and we homebrewed together. And we had this crazy idea to open a brew pub in the 90s. And uh, we opened in Newark, Delaware, which is our first uh, location. And uh, Iron Hill is a, is a local site there that had some local connection and, and, and certainly name recognition. But, you know, I think in the back of our minds, we always talked about expanding, and we felt that that was a name that, that I don't want to say generic enough, but that was a common enough name that it didn't necessarily keep us, you know, hooked to one location and one region with that. And obviously, 22 years later, uh, I'm sitting here in Hershey, Pennsylvania, where we're unloading the equipment for our 16th brewery, uh, and we continue to expand and and bring great food and beer uh, to the to the region. 
Now, now the food, of course, is just as important as the beer, obviously. Everything, or for the most part, everything is scratch-made, and naturally some of the food pairs well with the beers that you serve, correct? Absolutely. You know, we, we, I think too many times people look at brewery and think about food and say, ah, that's a great place to get beer and a terrible place to eat, and that's a shame. But we've always tried to be against that trend. Everything is from scratch. Um, and, and again, the other thing is that we're able to uh, cook, make some dishes with our beer, and certainly always discuss pairing our foods with a lot of our beers. You know, we'll always have anywhere from 15 to 17 beers on tap, and that gives us a, a wonderful palette of flavors that people can pair food with. Absolutely. We're talking with Mark Edelson, the co-founder of Iron Hill Brewery and Restaurant. They have locations throughout Pennsylvania, Delaware, New Jersey, and South Carolina as well. And as Mark just mentioned, he's unloading equipment uh, for another location that's going to be opening in Hershey, Pennsylvania very soon. Ironhillbrewery.com is the website for more information. Uh, Mark, you make a lot of different styles of beers. What's your favorite beer to drink? What's my favorite beer to drink? Um, I won't name, you know, it's like, What's your favorite child? Right, right. right But style, style of beer Um, doesn't have to necessarily be a brand. A style of beer, or you see, or are you a a seasonal? You know, I I am a seasonal guy, but I always will like a nice dark beer. We make a great porter. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love saisons too. You know, I love more traditional Belgian saisons that have great fruity character to them. Really, that farmhouse kind of feel. Uh, it's very earthy, and I just love those beers. Mostly I love Saison's because they are absolutely the best food-pairing beer. You can't go wrong if you have a Saison with pairing it with, with, with so much food. Is it because is it because the Saison, because of the fact that the, the Belgian flavors, the fruit and stuff, kind of pairs nicely with the food, or is it the spiciness? What, 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 do, you, what do you determine as that being the, the I, best beer to pair with food? It's all of that. I mean, exactly as you described it. And, you know, the other thing is Saisons are considered farmhouse beers, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's it was the farmhouse ingredients that were used to make those. And, and certainly, you know, food on the farm, Saison on the farm, it, I just think it's, it's serendipitous that um, those go together wonderfully. Uh, last question for me, Mark. Uh, if there was one piece of advice, now you've opened a number of different um, restaurants over the years. You're opening another one now in Hershey. Uh, you're in a, a couple of different states. If there was one piece of advice that you could give to someone that was starting up a gastro pub or restaurant, etc., what would that piece of advice be? Um, I would say that the piece of advice is decide what you want to be and be true to that. That's a, that's a you know, I, I just feel like people are always chasing. People are always chasing after. Uh, the next best thing, you know, decide what you want to be uh, and, and be true to that and and stand by that. And that's what we are. You know, we mm-hmm. we want to have fresh beer, fresh food and great service, you know. Right. And those are those seem like good things to write on the wall. But the execution of those are incredibly difficult day after day after day. And, and it's what we really strive to do with with the people that we have. I mean, we have over I'm going to get this wrong. Uh, how many employees we have, because I think we have over 1,600 employees now. And, uh, you know, I, all of them are extremely passionate about what we do. And uh, and it's important for that to translate to the guest, because the guest senses that and gets that. Right. And, and that's what we're about. 
Yeah, and, and obviously if you're chasing the trend all the time, you're never going to catch up to the trend because there's the next one that comes along and then you're making that shift to the next trend and you're really not satisfying your customers. So that's an excellent point. Uh, my guest has been Mark Edelson. Sure. He is the co-founder of Iron Hill Brewery. They've got restaurant locations throughout Pennsylvania, Delaware, New Jersey, uh, down in South Carolina. They're opening a new one in Hershey, Pennsylvania very soon. If you want all the details, just go to ironhillbrewery.com. That's the website for more information. gives you a list of the restaurants. You can click on one, check out the menu, and, of course, the various beers that they have on tap. Mark, uh, congratulations on the award at the Great American Beer Festival, and thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciate it. Thanks, Al. It's been a pleasure. You got it. When we come back, we'll discuss some of the local New York and New Jersey winners from the Great American Beer Festival, along with a continuation of my discussion with the New Jersey Alcohol Beverage Control ruling that affects many breweries in New Jersey. That's all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Larry Elmer is just in awe of the entire Kavanaugh mess. Because he's been evasive on certain answers, he therefore is not entitled to the presumption of innocence. And, by the way, the burden is on him to prove it. Senator Blumenthal said that. The burden is on him to disprove the allegations. Are you kidding? It's incredible. The Larry Elmer Show, weeknights at 7, right before Joe Walsh at 9 on AM 970. The Answer. This is today's entertainment answer. Hey gang, get ready, because the must-see animated comedy Smallfoot is in theaters September 28th. Imagine a village of yetis who think that humans are the myth. It's a terrifying creature with perfect white teeth and breath that just smells all minty fresh. And only hair that has on its entire bite is on the top of its head! So get ready, I mean yeti, for Smallfoot, rated PG in theaters September 28th. For this entertainment answer... I'm Matt Mungle. When you or a family member's in an accident, think Bramnick. Available seven days a week. Phone consultations are free and accident cases are handled on a contingency fee. No recovery, no fee. If a lawsuit is necessary, the Bramnicks have the resources to pursue the case and take it to trial. The Bramnick lawyers handle on-the-job accidents as well as a wide variety of cases involving negligence. If it's an accident, then you need to call Bramnick at 1-877-423-4878. That's 1-877-423-4878 or at johnbramnick.com. I just looked quickly to see who was texting me. I never text and drive. I was just changing my music. My, my eyes never left the road, I swear. He was just there. He came out of nowhere in the middle of the block. Is he going to be okay? Drivers and pedestrians, see and be seen. The instant you stop paying attention could be the instant you'll always regret. A message from the Governor's Traffic Safety Committee and the New York State Departments of Health and Transportation. Our hosts all look like GQ models. See them now at am970theanswer.com. Segment of the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G A T U L O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email, Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget iTunes, Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to every show. We're also Alexa ready. Just say to Alexa, Alexa, I want to hear the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Now, normally this is the segment where we do suds and duds. 
I talk about various beers that I've had over the past couple of weeks. But we're going to do something a little different tonight because this New Jersey issue is really irking the daylights out of me. And it's, it's upset a lot of craft breweries. We'll get to that in a moment, but I did mention that we were going to talk about the Great American Beer Festival winners locally in New York and New Jersey. So very quickly, the New York winners, uh, Genesee Brewhouse uh, Pilot Batch, uh, Dark Chocolate Scotch Ale uh, out of Rochester, won the silver medal for chocolate beer. Uh, Captain Lawrence Brewing out of Elmsford won for their Fruited American-style sour ale, their Flaming Fury. And then Rise Up Rye from Gunhill Brewing in the Bronx they won for their rye beer. Interestingly enough, we're going to have one of the guys, Dave Lopez, I believe, from Gunhill Brewing, is going to join us on the program next week to speak directly about this beer, Rise Up Rye. We're also going to have a chef on the program where they paired up the beer with tacos as well. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So you want to stay tuned for that on next week's program. In New Jersey, three breweries won medals. Slack Tide Brewing won for their Avalon Amber Ale. They won a bronze uh, for an American-style Amber Red Ale. Uh, Village Idiot won for the Belgian Triple uh, out of Mount Holly. They won for a Belgian-style Triple. And then finally, Kane uh, won for their Wood and Barrel-Aged Strong Stout category, A Night to End All Dawns. They won a silver as well. So congratulations to uh, the breweries in New York and New Jersey. I would have loved to have done a more expanded segment to talk about the various breweries around the country that won. But this uh, ruling by the New Jersey Alcohol Beverage Commission uh, has really uh, incensed a lot of people. It's upset um, more people than I, I than I care to tell you. In, in a segment we did a little while ago, I talked to you about two um, uh, brewers uh, out of uh, Bolero and 902 Brewing, both out of New Jersey, who gave me public statements uh, to uh, reveal on the radio about, you know, hey, listen, we need to make better beer. We need to do certain things um, in order to make uh, in, in order to make the you know in order to make the beers in New Jersey better. But here's the thing that bothers me more than anything. So essentially what it boils down to, if, you, if you're just tuning in, uh, there are now going to be limited activities and events inside brewery tasting rooms. There's going to be more paperwork involved for the breweries. Tours will be easier. You might not necessarily have to take a tour in order to uh, drink at a brewery. And snacks will be able to be sold. That's the good st- – that's the – some of the good things and some of the bad things about what's going on here in this ruling. But let me give you two different breweries and why I think it, the ruling affects one and maybe not necessarily affects the other. So Wet Ticket in Cyprus. Wet Ticket is located in Rawway, in the center of Rawway, more or less. Cyprus is located in Edison, New Jersey, in the industrial area, pretty much away from bars and restaurants. Okay, um, Wet Ticket, in their immediate vicinity and walking distance, uh, is... There has to be at least eight restaurants, a couple pizza joints, a Cuban place, a meatballs and brews place, uh, a Peruvian restaurant, fried chicken, Chinese restaurant. There's another Italian place down the way, some American food. There's all different types of restaurants there. What I don't understand is where the bars and restaurants think that this is cutting into their business, okay? If menus are in the restaurant, are in the breweries, and I want to order a pizza because I'm hungry while I'm drinking my beer, what is the big deal of having the menu in the restaurant? Where is that taking away from the local business? The pizza place down the street and the brewery are both making money. Now, I get the argument, well, they want you to come into a bar and they want you to drink and eat at the same time and they want to you know, have you keep drinking, et cetera, et cetera. But what if I don't want to go to a bar? 
What if it's too noisy for me to be in a bar? I want to go to a brewery where I can sit and talk with my friends and have a conversation. And there isn't loud music playing or sporting events playing. Okay? That's my point. I'm going to go to Wet Ticket because it's quieter. The beer's good. And, hey, maybe I want to grab a pie down the street. But you can't have a menu in the in the brewery? Absurd. Absolutely absurd. And, yes, I know, we have cell phones. We can use them, blah, blah, blah. I get that part of it. I just think that ruling is absurd. Food trucks, different story. Wet Ticket, they're on a, a main street. You can't, have a, you can't have a food truck there. That part of it I get. But let's take Cypress. Cypress is in an industrial area, away from bars and restaurants. The only way to get food there is by delivery or by a food truck. How is that food truck, let's say the food truck is selling grilled cheese sandwiches. How is that food truck taking away from business in the area? There are no bars and restaurants in the area. How is that taking away the business? That's ridiculous. The restaurants and the breweries need to be working hand in hand. The bottom line. Support businesses that support local craft beer in New Jersey. If the bar or the restaurant that you go to only has big beer brands, take your business elsewhere. Freedom of choice is extremely important. Now, one of the freeholders down in Camden County released a statement. This is from freeholder director Louis Capelli Jr. in regards to this uh, ruling. He said, Reviewing the special ruling from the ABC, I'm shocked to see the short-sighted obstacles and hurdles being mandated on one of the fastest-growing small business sectors in the state. Since Congressman Norcross sponsored legislation in 2012 to cut the red tape and modernize craft brewing in New Jersey, small business owners have opened in almost every town in the county. Many have had tremendous impacts on their neighborhoods and have become a catalyst for economic growth in many municipalities. They have become the epitome of community spaces, created destinations for new visitors to the county, and have employed many of our residents. In fact, many of these facilities have expanded from their original operations, further investing their assets here in our county. And to further underscore the challenges created by this new measure, there are indirect losses faced by other small business owners and downtown merchants who benefit from the success of our craft brewers. In short, these capricious and arbitrary measures should be reassessed post-haste to strengthen the industry and support these operations. This is not the kind of business climate our state should be promoting, and we need to do more to support small business, not create restrictions for these local entrepreneurs. He's 100% correct. Now, I get it. If you are showing sporting events, having music, and doing all these things, and people think that you're a bar, I can understand why the bar and restaurants would be upset. However, however, this ruling was not done with the best interests of the smaller brewer. Okay? Follow the money, people. Follow the money. The, the, The... All these people said everybody was there and had a seat at the table. No, they weren't. That's not what I'm hearing from a lot of these microbrewers, the smaller breweries, who don't have a distribution network, who don't have people distributing their beer, and they're self-distributing, okay? And you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about, now listen, the Cartons and the Canes, they don't need food in their places. In fact, they don't have food in their places. They don't allow it, okay? And I get it. Listen, they don't want to have to clean up after people. Totally understand that. So this, these rulings benefit Carton and Kane. But there's a buzz about Carton and Kane. There are people always talking about Carton and Kane. I don't hear people talking about the other breweries that are involved in that union. I don't hear the buzz about River Horse, for example. And somebody from River Horse was commenting on a whole Facebook post about how great these rulings were for them, but not necessarily for the other businesses. All I'm saying is it should be equal representation. There, 
the the reason the, the the fact that these guys fractured their relationship and they split into two different guilds is ridiculous. Number one, it should have never happened. It should have been dissolved and then redone, and everybody gets a seat at the table. But instead, it's the big small brewers in New Jersey going after the smaller brewers in New Jersey. To me, I think that's unfair. And if you think that I'm wrong, if you think my assessment is wrong, and I'm talking on both sides the big small breweries in Jersey and the small breweries in New Jersey, then contact me directly. Albert G at NYCradio.com. Hit me up on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, And I want you on the show because I want you to talk about it. And I want both sides of the story. I want both, of, I want both sides of the story represented. This is ridiculous. This is hurting a lot of people. And people's bottom lines are going to be caught. And by the way, last thing, and then we got to go. When you buy a liquor license, it's a commodity. You're paying millions of dollars for a, for a, a commodity, 900000 a million, whatever it is. It's an enormous number. A brewery has to spend anywhere from a half million to a million dollars just to start the brewery. They haven't even brewed a drop of beer yet. They're not making any profit. And their business, the, the equipment they bought, depreciates in value. The liquor license doesn't. It goes up. And that's what's wrong with the state of New Jersey. We need legislation to fix these things. That's the bottom line. Now I'm going to get off my soapbox. Spread the word. Sign the petition. We've put a link up on the petition. Please sign it. It is it is worth your time. We need to fix these things in New Jersey. New York is doing great. New Jersey is falling behind. That's a big problem. My thanks to Darren Yellen, Jerry Crowley, Phil Boyce, Mark Edelson, co-founder of Iron Hill Brewery and Restaurant, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. This has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.